Two sisters, two ways. Hi, I'm Raquel. And I'm Sarita. Parallel Ways is a podcast of sisters sharing insights into their millennial lives. Welcome to our very first podcast. We're so excited to launch this passion project of ours, which first started back a number of years ago. I think maybe in 2018 was when we first started talking about it. Yes, but we actually talked about this in the form of a YouTube channel because I was obsessed with people making videos and was you should have one. Okay, still am. But I want to say a month ago, I was like, you know, for what we want to do, it fits better in a podcast. So I think we decided, okay, let's let's continue with this podcast. And, you know, we clearly have our own strengths. I am the content creator and you love to take pictures of me all day long that are unflattering. Yes. <laughs> but maybe for our listeners for the first time, we could perhaps spend some time explaining how we came up with the name Parallel Ways. Yeah. So like I said, we wanted to initially do this passion project as like a YouTube channel because we're two sisters. We look differently. We think differently. And we act yeah, differently. Yeah, we have different interests. Yet we were obviously raised in the same household. We're very close in age, just over a year apart. So we have a lot of similarities, but also a lot of differences too. So we were like, oh, let's have a YouTube channel where we can do these two things so people can see how different we are. And we were thinking about like challenges or we would talk about topics and, and et cetera. And we were like, okay, let's come up with a name. But, you know, part of the challenge of finding a name these days is finding one that someone hasn't used yet. So yes. we thought about, okay, two sisters, two duo, you know, and I think some one of us came up with the word parallel. And I was like, ooh, that's good because it's two lines. They never touch, yet they're always going in the same direction. And that is a good way to surmise us and our relationship as sisters. Yeah. And I think where this probably stemmed from was we started getting more active in our community and when people would meet us and find out that we were related, the first thing they would say is, wow, you and your sister are just so different. And now we've heard this all our lives. We've always known that we're yeah, very different. everyone's like, Raquel, you're so much cooler, nicer. <laughs> Sarita, you know who you are. You're confident. And so it was just something that had always we had always heard all our lives. But I think in the last few years after we turned 30, we realized that despite our differences, we are on a very similar trajectory, I guess, in terms of like life milestones. Yet we just go about doing things in different ways. And... I've seen other sisters who are very different and not close. So I always thought it was pretty interesting that despite how different we are, we're extremely close in our 30s, which is definitely not true of our younger years. So for this episode, we thought it would be fun to reflect a bit on our younger selves. And we got this idea from the movie 13 Going on 30 with Jennifer Gardner, which is one of our favorite yes, movies. I even watched it last night, so I'm refreshed. Yes. And I think when we were doing research, we thought that this movie had come out when we were quite a bit younger. And it really came out when we were in high school. Come on, we're in our 30s now. That's pretty young. Yes, yes. But I think a bit younger and just realizing that we love the movie because, uh, well, I'll speak for myself. I love the movie just because I really adore Jennifer Gardner. I always have. I used to watch her on Alias. Gosh, not this and show again. 
And I always wanted to be, I, I had a, a pipe dream of being a CIA agent at one point because of her, but I still love her to this day and I follow her on Instagram. And for those of you who do not follow her, you are missing out. She does it all. Everything from her businesses, movies that she's in, her charitable Reading work. Her children. Yes. And my favorite reels of her are of her cooking show. It's called Pretend Cooking Show. And she'll bake like bread at five in the morning. And it's just, it's fabulous. I love this movie because I love chick flicks. I thought you said Chick-fil-A for a second. I was like, oh, I mean, I like Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A too. But it's the great chick flick. It has a great storyline. It has a great message and it's super entertaining. And it has a whole bunch of 80s songs. So who wouldn't love a movie like that? 80 songs. Oh, that's right. Love is a battlefield. Wow, that's so deep. <laughs> that's like what they say in the movie. We should probably give folks a little synopsis. So the main character, her name is Jenna Rink. She's 13 years old, and she wants to be one of the cool girls. And her best friend is her neighbor next door that she calls Maddie. His name's Matt. And he loves being friends with her. He loves her, but she's just so obsessed with being one of the cool girls. So on her 13th birthday, there was some wishing dust. She wished that she was 30, flirty, and thriving. And she flashes forward to her 30-year-old self, realizes that she got everything that she wanted. She was friends with the cool girl. She was an editor. She lived in New York in a nice Fifth Avenue apartment. And she had all the fame, glory, and money that she could ever want. But realized that everything comes at a cost. And she, looking back, did not like yes, who she had because become. Because it's like her 13-year-old self in her 30-year-old body with that mindset. I think 13-year-old Sarita would just be overwhelmed being in 30-year-old yeah. I mean, Sarita's Jenna body. Rink was too in the movie. And then she gets used to it. And she's revealed about these little aspects of her life. And like Thirby said, it all comes at a cost. I think the perception that I had at the time when the movie came out was that 30 was just so glamorous. And not to say that 30 isn't glamorous, but I don't live in a big city. I do have my own place. But it's just interesting looking back now to really think and reflect about how 13-year-old self would have thought about 30-year-old self. But I mean, as teenagers who saw the movie... That's exactly what you think your 30s would be. Like you're an independent woman. You have a great job. You, I mean, that's exactly what you thought. And I think that's what appealed about the movie to us at that age, even though we were slightly older. 13-year-old Sarita. How would you describe me at 13 years old? Um, kind of like Jenna Rink. Wanted to be one of the cool girls. Wanted like to have friends. Really cute. What do you mean wanted to have friends? You're acting well, like I didn't I mean, have I friends. I think you wanted to be <laughs> friends with like the cool people. I mean, like you had friends. You like tried to be cool. <laughs> At least that's how I saw it as the younger sister. I mean, you were cool in the sense of like when you compare yourself to me. <laughs> You were cool, but as a younger sister, I always just felt like you tried to be cool. I remember 13. So let's see, eighth grade, we would go to a lot of the school dances. I think like once a month there was When she says we, she really means her and her friends. Like I never went to those school dances. I was not. You never went to any one of those? Oh, you were missing like something pivotal in your preteen years. In our junior high, they would once a month hold a school dance. Day night dances. Yes, and you would go to the gym and they would put on music. It would be mostly upbeat songs, 
but every few songs was like a slow dance song, maybe one every like 30 minutes. And so I just remember wanting to slow dance. And of course, girls didn't go up to guys. So the girls would kind of like linger in a circle and then guys would like slowly pick them off and slow dance with them. But I just remember that being like a pinnacle of being like 13, that awkward swaying back and forth, arms extended, slow dance. Okay, so I guess what everyone wants to know is, did a guy pick you to dance with him? I mean, yeah, like occasionally, but I think they were mostly like guys that I was friends with at the time. You know, when you would go in groups and like go to Baker Square and get pies and then go ding dong ditching, it would be like those Excuse me, those what did you do? She's like turning her eyes right now because she doesn't even know what ding dong ditching is. You know, you go up to their doorbell and then you run away. Well, I thought you meant like ditching school. See, that's just how cool I was, folks. I just didn't know any of yes. this. So I just remember a lot of school dances and a lot of Disney Channel, but also trying to watch shows like Sex in the City, where I had no idea what was going on, but that was the cool and thing to do. And watch the PG version on WGN. Yes, yes. So to describe you at 13, I remember you being extremely quiet. And I probably would have described you as introverted, even though I didn't know the word at the time. But if you had the preference of, if you were given the choice of going out or staying in, you would have the preference of staying in. Why I didn't go to any school dances. Yes. Oh, so strange. Okay. I do remember you also having a small group of like tight knit friends and we would babysit together. And I remember kids loving you at babysitting and I would talk to the parents because I did not enjoy babysitting. And talking to parents gave me anxiety. (laughs) I also remember you loving Minnie Mouse and thinking, okay, we're about to go to high school. And she's still liking childish dolls and, Way and Disney stuff. Me under the bus now at thirty. Yeah, and I don't think that's changed. I think you still love Minnie Mouse. But on a positive note, <laughs> I remember you being very like structured. You would come home, make a snack, watch your TV shows, and do your homework. And you were just always like very diligent. And I kind of always followed you in that structure as well. I, I wouldn't say that was natural to me. You may have like followed the structure, but at one point you said structure what's that it's true going back to 13 going on 30 one of like the lines that i think struck me most when i watched it recently was i don't want to be original i want to be cool and it's just so funny because you talk about how i was trying to conform in my preteen years and fit in and now that we're in our 30s i feel like it's all about how original can we be how unique can i be and how can i like stand out of the crowd yeah Like there's not really the, oh, you're cool thing. It's like, oh, I want to be with like, hang out with the cool people. I don't think that's really it. But is like success our new version of cool? So like in high school, it was all about being cool and popular and well-liked. And now in our 30s is the new version of being cool, like being successful, no matter what that might be in your profession, having a family. Yeah, I think it depends on A, how insecure you are or secure (laughs) and B, what you value. And, you know, by the time you're 30, you hang around with people, hopefully you hang around with people that have the same values you do and care about the same things and try to achieve the same thing. I have such respect for 13-year-olds who are confident with themselves. I wish I could have been that. What is a personality trait that you have now that you didn't have at 13? Let's see. I know how to talk to people (laughs) for the most part. It's not a personality trait. personality trait? Yeah. Outgoing. Outgoing is a personality trait. I'm more outgoing now. Like going to a school dance, I would hang out with my few friends and we would just do our own thing. We wouldn't even do what the crowd would be doing. Is that being outgoing? 
Well, I'm just saying, I wouldn't even go. But if I were to go, that's what it would be like. But now that I'm 30, I can I can go to social settings and not be awkward for the most part. Or at least I'm aware how to act in certain social settings, if that makes sense. Like I've trained myself. Yeah, so Rock is a Yelp leader. I don't know. Is that how they say it? Rock is part of Yelp Elite. So she goes to these Yelp events pre-COVID and she would have to go by herself. They don't let you bring anyone with you. Yes. And she would come back and tell me about all the friends she made. And I was like, wow, like she would have never done that as a child. So I agree with you. That is like a, a trait that you have now. What about me? What is something I have now that I, di- I didn't have? I don't 30? know. You still try to be cool, but then you also try to be original, but like cool for you now is being original if that makes sense so it's like oh how can I be different I don't want to do things in the conventional way I don't want to do what everyone else is doing I would like to disclaim there is nothing wrong with being basic there is nothing wrong with being basic (laughs) right I personally don't think there's anything wrong with being basic and I think I have some basic you know parts about me but you like actively try not to be basic which somehow makes you Let's just say something that I still have now is I still try too hard, whether it's being cool or not being basic. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So now that we're in our 30s, what is the best thing about being in your 30s? Not caring about what anyone really thinks of me. Like I'm confident in myself, my life, where I am in my career, my relationships with my husband, my friends, my family, and I have my goals and I know how to set goals and I know how to achieve them. So I would just say that I'm, I, I don't really care about what other people think of me. But <laughs> now thinking about it, I'm saying this out loud. Did I really care at 13? I mean, probably not if you saw how I looked. At- you were just unaware. Yeah, it's not like you're unaware. You, you're like, oh, always, I think as a child, as a teenager, you're always aware, especially yourself in comparison to other people. But maybe now I'm less less aware or I'm aware and now I'm more confident. Maybe before I was confident, I'm really confident. I don't know. When I think about what I love about my 30s is you're past your messy 20s. Like all the partying, all the dating, you're, you're in a place hopefully where you at least know yourself better. I love that about 30s. Like you've kind of, okay – figured out where you want to go. And I would, I'm not saying you have to have everything figured out, but you've got an idea. You've kind of dabbled and you have a better sense as to yourself, like what you do want and what you don't want. And I think 30 is also great because there's idea of choice. Like I always think back to high school and college and who you surround yourself with. And it's very much a product of who's around you. Like who did you have classes with in college? And in high school or who is in your community. And now in your 30s, I have friends all across the country and I choose who I want to stay in touch with. I I love that idea of choice in your 30s and getting past the messiness of the 20s. But that's interesting. But you have to also think about it like you've always had choice. Okay, that's a good point. I've always had choice, but I never felt like I really did. So maybe it's more of having control in your 30s or stronger sense of self to have control then? Yeah, maybe a stronger sense of self. I think that kind of makes sense. Because you always had choice. In your 20s, you had choice. But maybe it's like you don't even have the life experience to really be aware of all of the choices that you have. Like in your 20s, you're still caught up. You don't really know who you are. You tend to spend time with people that are closer to you in proximity still. 
you know, as you try to figure it out. It's like you kind of like default. Oh, okay. These people around me, these are the people that haven't left after college. These are the people that I'm going to hang out with. When it's really like, no, like still be connected to those people that you have always connected with. Just keep in touch with them or get to know more people until you find those people. Well, maybe it goes back to what you were saying then about confidence no you weren't talking about confidence when i said what was the best thing about being in your 30s oh you said you don't care so maybe it goes <laughs> that's how much i don't care i don't even <laughs> so maybe it goes back to you just don't care as much about opinions in your 30s that leads you to having greater choice that you didn't feel like you had before i think when you're in high school there is truth to what you were saying like in high school you are making friends with people that are in your town right and you think that is your whole world. And like you were saying, for a 13-year-old to have confidence and know that there's more in the world beyond what they can see with their own two eyes, it's a very mature and a really like deep thing to think as a 13-year-old. If I could go back now, I would say 13-year-old Sarita, that the world she's living in is only a small snippet of her entire life. And to not get caught up in all those little things because there's just so much more ahead of you. I think I would have been a more compassionate person. Yeah. You can still work on that now. I, <laughs> you know what? She gives me a hard time because I'm pretty quick to be hard on people. <laughs> oh, I, I am every day working on my compassion. So 13-year-old Sarita would definitely say, Sarita, you are a lot more compassionate than you were before. I would also say 13-year-old Sarita would say, you're a lot more patient. Now, for those of you who actually know me in real life. May not think that's patient, but if you hadn't known where she started. Come a long way. I've come a long way. And I think in 13 going on 30, right, one of the lines that Jenna asked her mom is, if you could redo anything again in your life, what would you do? And her mom said nothing because basically all of her past experiences make her the person that she is today. Would you say that you would just go back and tell yourself that? Or do you or do you have any things that you would want to redo? Well, A, if I told myself that, 13-year-old Sarita would have been rebellious and would have been like, you don't know any better. I'll figure it out myself. So it's funny when you ask about a do-over because 13-year-old me would have not accepted anything else. And so I very much agree with that notion of it's brought me to who I am today. I think there's always things you want to change, but you just don't know how it's gonna how you're gonna turn out in the end, positive or, or negative. I mean, what would 13-year-old Raquel think of yourself now? Like, would she be proud of you? I think she'd be like, whoa, who are you? <laughs> like, not really recognize it, but I think it would give 13-year-old Raquel comfort in that, you know, you're not always going to be not that I felt stuck, but you just think like, that's who you are. And am I ever going to change? Because I was so introverted and I was so in my own head, right? So I think if 13-year-old me would see myself now, they would be like, okay, there's comfort in knowing that I am going to change and I am going to evolve. And I kind of resemble somewhat of a normal person. <laughs> I think that's what my 13-year-old self would say. You know what's funny? Now that you say that, it reminds me of, of something. When I was 15 in high school, I was in a driver's class to get my, my permit. And I remember practicing and taking the final test and I ultimately failed. So I, that meant I had to go to the DMV and do another full driver's test. But when I failed, I remember thinking to myself, Sarita, will you ever be able to drive yourself to work? Or are you going to have to take the city bus forever? Like I remember thinking to myself, 
I can't imagine a day where I could drive myself from point A to point B. And to give context, we went to a high school that if you passed the test in driver's ed, you didn't have to go to the DMV. It was kind of like a shortcut way. And so Serpy failed her test at school. Yes. But you still passed the class, right? I think you still passed. Yeah, they're not going to fail you if you <laughs> don't get your permit. They probably should have. That would be okay. Um, so because she failed the class, my parents were like, or our parents were like, oh, you need extra practice. And so <laughs> since I'm in the year below her, I took driver's ed. I passed. Thank you very much. And so after you pass the class, you just go to the DMV to take your picture and get the physical license. So we went on the same day. All I had to do was take my picture and she had to go and drive outside with some random person to pass. Yes. And it's more nerve wracking when you take it directly at the DMV because there's codes for your parallel parking. And, you know, in high school, when you're taking it through the class, the teacher knows you. And I'm not saying the teacher gives you a pass. There's a little more kindness in it. You know, imagine like a 15-year-old getting in a car with a, a, or I guess I was 16 then at the time when I took the the test at the DMV and just being so nervous. I can say to this day, though, I am a fabulous parallel parker. Uh, I haven't witnessed that in a while, so I can't confirm or deny that. The skeptic (laughs) in me is saying, "Mm, I don't know about that. What is something that you imagined at 13 that came true by the time you hit 30? I think... When I was 13, I thought I would be married by the time I was 30. And so while I wasn't, I was pretty close. So that's what I would, that's what I would say, that I would be married. Yeah. I mean, I thought I would be married by the time I was 26 as well. But it's funny, like at 13, you think about relationships so much. That's like your frame of reference. Yeah. And you think about relationships in like a, oh, I'm ready to get married now. Okay, let's go get married. It's like, no, like you need to meet someone. You need to get to know them. They need to propose. I blame, I blame Father of the Bride. I blame that movie with Martin Short and Steve Martin for my views of marriage because I did not realize that- Annie was like 24. Yes, I thought she was like 30 years old. Well, because when we watched it, we were little, she seemed so mature and old and- Yes. Did you know that Friends is supposed, it starts off as, as friends in their like late 20s? They're not even 30 when the show starts. Yeah. That means they're younger when than the show us. Started. Yeah. Although by the time Chandler and Monica got married, just because I saw this episode recently, Chandler said to Joey, you're a 32-year-old man. And I looked at Brian and I was like, that's us. <laughs> that's Brian is her husband, is Rock's husband. Well, I was going to say, now that we're in our 30s, I'll just say this as like concluding remarks. Now that we're 30, I don't think that everyone makes it out to be like 30 is such a big deal. Like you have some mindset shift or big event happen or you jump from being nowhere in your career to somebody in your career. It's not anything like that of how Hollywood kind of makes it out to be. However, I will say that I understand why people say that the 30s is like the best decade of your life because you're not so much figuring out who you are. It's like you know who you are. And I think that's such an important in us growing up as humans that once you know who you are, then you can do the things, right? Then you can move up in your career. You can find something that you're passionate about. You can find someone that you spend the rest of your life with and start a family, buy a house and do all those fancy things. I would say I feel less lost. Like kind of to what you're saying, I have like a direction. I have an idea of what I want. I feel less lost in my 30s. 
I watched this one podcast. You or, watched a podcast? Well, they do a podcast, but they're also on YouTube. And, you know, I love watching things on YouTube. And it's uh, called The Money Guy Show with Brian Preston. Fabulous podcast. They talk about finances. And one of the guys has his CFA and the other one has a CFP. So credentialized in the financial industry. And they talk about how your 30s is like the decade where everything happens. You're getting married. You're having kids. You're buying a house. And it's all these milestones just hitting you all at once. And how crazy and chaotic goes. They also say like in your 30s, that's when wealth creation really starts because you're kind of running in a a direction with your career that got upward mobility. So I think it's like a very exciting time for us to be in our 30s. I also think that we've got a bit more perspective now than we probably would have had in our 20s. Again, probably not the wisest, but I'm really excited to explore all these different topics on our podcasts and also to just like spend time with you and all because you love me. Well, Sure. It's better. It beats FaceTiming you. So with that, folks, that concludes our first episode. Thanks for joining us and be sure to follow, rate, and review the podcast. Also, follow us on Instagram at Parallel Ways. There, we'll give you some behind the scenes and some other content just so that you can get to know us a little bit better. And join us next week as we explore societal pressures versus self-imposed pressures. Doodles! Doodles!